Your scripture this morning comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter um, 5:11 um, through chapter 6, verse 3. And it says this, We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites, the laying of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. I don't know if, if Major Donna, do you? I don't know if you follow me during the daytime, and I don't know it, but when you said, don't go to Wendy's, that struck a chord with me because I like Wendy's. And my, my, my daughter, my, well, I don't know. We'll have to pray about that. Um, my daughter looked at me like, oh, she's talking about you. It wouldn't hurt me to do without Wendy's, that's for sure. The problem with us, sometimes we, we will rationalize, oh, I won't go to Wendy's, but I'll go to McDonald's. It's not, that's still not the same. Uh, this morning, we're going to look at uh, what it means to mature, to grow uh, as, as believers and the scripture that was uh, read to us from Hebrews 5, we, we don't often start, uh, you know, kind of in the middle of a, of a um, of chapter or something. But uh, when, the, when chapter 6, verse 1 says, therefore, you've heard the old corny joke, you have to look and find what it's there for. And, and that's what you do when you go to verse 11 and, and even before, you're reading about uh, verse 12 says the uh, elementary principles are the oracles of God and you have come to need milk and not solid food. Uh, I grew up in, in Sunday school at Salvation Army Corps and we were told this Sunday uh, preliminary chorus. Read your Bible, pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. The other part of that too was uh, neglect your Bible, forget to pray, and you'll shrink, shrink, shrink. Now that is not from a physical standpoint, but from a spiritual standpoint, what God calls every one of us to is growth. You know, growth is the natural order of things. We grow, uh, animals grow, plants grow. So in these verses, we find uh, ways, or I guess you could even say signs of growth. When, when you, if you've had children, you would take your children uh, to the doctor. And I remember the younger they were, the more they went. I mean, you almost should have had like a, for all the money you spend on doctor visits, uh, you should have had like your own private wing when you would go into the pediatric, uh, you know, hospital or, or the doctor's office. And they would, they would do certain things to make sure that your child was growing at the rate that most kids their age would, would grow. I learned, you know, my wife would come home and, and she'd say, well, you know, 
Mia or Lorelai is in the 80th percentile. And I'd say, okay, what, what does that even mean? Well, 80% of her, she's in the 80% of kids her age that are growing, maturing the way they, the way they should. So we understand that from a physical point, but many people don't understand from a physical, excuse me, a spiritual standpoint, we should be growing. One of the signs of growth, as the writer of Hebrews says, is that we go from milk to meat. We do that physically. It's a natural occurrence that eventually your body begins to tell you that uh, milk is not enough. You're, you're not full. You need more um, sustenance. You need, you need more to give you that feeling where your brain says, okay, that's enough. Now, unfortunately, as we get older, our brain does still say, that's enough. And we say, oh, no, that tastes good. Let me have another helping. But what we have to understand is God, uh, in spiritual terms, gives us a thirst or should give us a thirst for more, and that's a sign that we are maturing. What are the elementary truths that they were taught? Well, it probably, I would think, the same that we are taught. What are some elementary truths that we are taught? God loves you, right? Uh, just because something is an elementary truth does not make it less important, because it's the elementary truths that lay the foundation of the deeper things of God that we should also be learning. So please don't think that when I say elementary principles or elementary truths, we just kind of throw those aside. No, those are important. Those lay the foundation. The issue, though, is that once a foundation is laid, there should be more built upon it. God loves you. That's an elementary truth. God made the universe. Um, you know, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Uh, Adam and Eve fell in the garden and caused us to sin. These are things that you and I would consider the elementary truths of Scripture. The Trinity uh, is something that maybe we learn. You know, I'm so grateful this morning for corkadets. I And I'm going to say this, and you may be shocked. I learned more about the Bible in corkadets than I did in training college. Now, granted, Corcadet was five years, training college was two. But I grew up in these in junior soldiers in Corcadet. That's why these things are important. Not so that we can check a box and say, oh, we, we had junior soldiers today. No, because we are growing young people into the elementary truths and even into the deeper things of Scripture. And here I find three signs that the writer of Hebrews uses to show signs of a Christian who is growing. Look at verse 12, and I've mentioned it already, uh, but a, a mature Christian is one who desires to minister and not just be ministered to. Now, please understand, there's not a person in this room that doesn't need to be ministered to. But we also need to be able to minister at some point. Everyone needs to be filled, to, to, to eat the spiritual food. But also, there are some people who never get beyond feeding themselves and, and they don't feed others. 
And this is a and this is a a sure warning sign that your spiritual growth has stunted, that you're not interested in feeding other people spiritually. You're not interested in you know learning to 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 teach a small group or or lead some type of. I'm not saying you have to be the pastor, but all of us, as you've already heard me say in other sermons, all of us have a gift of service, of ministering to each other. A maturing believer should have the thirst to teach and feed others, not only uh, just to have him or herself being fed. So that's verse 12. Look at verse 13 and 14. Everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Mature Christians are off the bottle and on the meat, right? We've, we've already kind of went through this. Uh, our, our, and notice what the writer says. Because of practice have their senses trained. In other words, a mature Christian is one who is applying spiritual discipline. Don't we all love that word, discipline? But you know, you and I know that there's nothing good that doesn't come out of some type of sacrifice. Everything, uh, there's a book that's written that says everything that is good is hard. And you know, in some ways that's true. Everything that, uh, that, that you get a profit out of takes work. If we want to be mature, it takes work. The spiritual salvation is not in and of ourselves, but the sanctification, there's a two-part to that. We must be willing to grow. Have you, the question for each one of us, are we in a way, are, are we living in such a way where we are practicing the spiritual discipline so that we can discern good and evil. By the way, that's getting harder and harder to do, is to discern good and evil. But as believers, those who are mature can do this. When we first become a Christian, we had to take baby steps. And no one looked at us and thought, you're a failure. Right? Just saw a baby just a few minutes ago crawling. No one thought, what is wrong with this child? The mother's face was glowing, smiling. Why? Because the baby is doing what it's supposed to do. When you are a newborn Christian, no one should expect you to know every verse in Scripture. To, to, you know, the, the worst thing you can do is someone come up off the altar who has just been saved, hand them a, a uh, you know, word in worship and tell them, you're preaching next Sunday. You'll never see them again. But what we, what it is natural to see people take baby steps. However, just like a child, eventually they learn to stand. Now their knees may wobble, maybe yours still does, but they're learning to stand. And when you're learning to stand, you're going to fall sometimes. And that's natural. What is unnatural is to keep crawling. What is unnatural is to stay on the milk. Uh, what is unnatural 
is to be, uh, be a Christian that has decided that they would rather shrink and die spiritually. We have to live in such a way where we're practicing disciplines, and that takes practice, that takes effort, right? We have some wonderful musicians in this core. They, they didn't uh, just hop up on a piano or take a horn and just go at it like they do now. It takes practice. If you want your spiritual life to grow and mature, it takes practice. The Lord will take us where he wants us little by little. First the milk, then the meat. He will give us only what we can digest and use. You know, some of the, one of the worst things that you and I can do is take, say, a, a devotional and read through the whole thing in two hours. Take it little by little. Uh, you know, I, my dad would joke with me, and now I guess I haven't changed much. Now my kids do. They will sit in awe as I eat because I think they don't think I breathe. They're like, are you going to stop? Are you going to swallow? Are you going to take a breath? Yes, I can do all that very quickly. But what happens if you eat too much? It, you actually become miserable. Uh, you, you can't use what you've digested. Spiritually speaking, the, even the Word of God sees itself as, as morsels. Little bites of food, little, little uh, bites of nutrients to get us through. We are not meant to read the whole Bible in one sitting. We are not meant to take four and five chapters uh, a, a day. Now maybe that for you is, is normal, uh, but for maybe most people it's not. Little by little, we should be growing. There should be a pattern of growth where the milk no longer satisfies the hunger and something else is needed, and that is something solid. Our foundations are laid so that it can be built upon. Christians in the 21st century will have to make a personal uh, decision to cling to Scripture and not what the, uh, whatever they hear floating around. It is important to understand, too, that um, while Christian books are great, you need to be weary of what you're reading, of what you're listening to. Uh, not everyone who stands at a pulpit with a nice suit on is telling the truth. That is why the, the, the writer says that, therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. One of the things that we need to understand is, you know, how many times in life are you supposed to, be saved. You, you should be saved once and rededicate your life. This idea that someone who is constantly having to repent of their sins and start anew, there, there's, there's something that's not firing, right? If you take a car into the shop, well, this is an old illustration because, you know, when we had carburetors, if you know what that was, you know, if, if, the, if the, that, the gas isn't making a spark with the spark plugs and it's not working, it's not firing, you would say, right, there's something not connecting here. If you are one that is constantly in this state of sinfulness, then forgiveness, then sinfulness, then forgiveness, something's not firing. 
Something is not connecting here. So it's important to know that we, just like the folks in Hebrews, we need to be, we need to build a foundation. That's important. The elementary truths may be elementary, but they're still important. But then we must move on. What it's saying is that uh, in Hebrews 6, verse 4 even, the writer changed the pronouns from we and us to those. Now, this could mean that there are those that were never truly saved or those who have fallen away. But notice what they said. For in this case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away, it is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucify to themselves the Son of God and put Him to open shame. This is important to hear. Those words should be a warning to you. Not to frighten you, uh, but to make sure that you understand that there should, be, uh, there should be some progress that results in fruitfulness. Uh, there, should be, uh, there should be an understanding that Christians can sin unto death. This is God's discipline, uh, God chastising them. Uh, and then if you look in Hebrews chapter 12, the writer of Hebrews takes this up again. Friends, we are not to be living in a way that we make grace a license to sin. Paul tells us that. We should be bearing fruit. We should be growing. We should be maturing. And it's different for everyone. Do not compare yourself to another Christian. Comparison destroys contentment. And there's a lot of that that happens in the church. Some of it is just by nature. We're, just na we're curious. We like to compare. But unfortunately, the only person that you should compare your life to is Jesus. The only person I should compare my life to is Jesus. And when I do that, I'm humbled. See, it's easy to compare myself to someone else. And you ever notice, you always compare yourself to someone weaker than you. And you'll say, oh, see, I'm, look how far I've gone. That's why God says, well, wait a minute, the standard isn't Hitler. The standard isn't Saddam Hussein. The standard is Christ. If the standard was someone like that, we'd all say, oh man, look, at, look how good I am. But no, God says, well, actually the standard is Jesus. And so I ultimately realize there's nothing I can do but follow my face and say, Lord, without you, I can't grow. Without you, without your spirit, I cannot move forward. Thank God that you have been given, many of us in this room, uh, have been started out early, started out young with the elementary truths. But please understand there may be some in this room who are 50, 60, 70 who are in the elementary truths. And that's okay. They're growing. But don't ever compare yourself to another Christian and think you're doing okay because you compared yourself to someone weaker. Paul said, you know, basically, before you do that, be careful lest you fall. 
This morning, I'm going to ask you if Evangeline will come go to the piano and play for us a very familiar tune. Um, I wrote it down so I wouldn't have to flip through here. But my wife mentioned it. It's tune 898, but it's chorus number 328. To be like Jesus, this hope possesses me. What is growing? It's every thought and deed. This is my aim, my creed. To be like Jesus, this hope possesses me. His Spirit helping me like Him, I'll be. The greatest part to me of that chorus is that last uh, couple of uh, stanzas there, His Spirit helping me. God knows that you can't grow without Him. So He gives us His Holy Spirit to help us, to help us move forward, to help us to grow. Yes, we, we build on the foundation, but the foundation doesn't go away. Those elementary truths, I, I quoted one for you, that little Sunday school song that I learned. Do I sing it every day? No. But have I ever forgotten it? No. And neither have you. You remember. And those memories, those, those elementary truths are, is what has helped you build on your life today. So as we sing this, I would invite you to come and pray or sit in your seat and pray and just allow God to continue to mature you, to grow, to prune those areas in life that maybe you're having trouble with. This is a wonderful time of the year that we discuss Lent and self-denial where we say, you know what, Lord, if there's something in me, we do it outwardly, but really it's to, to meant to be seen inwardly. Where, Lord, if there's anything in me that shouldn't be, prune it. That's how a tree bears fruit. And just like us, God wants, just like the tree, God wants to prune us. And by doing that, we are becoming like Jesus. Let's sing that little chorus together. Two, two.